Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I'm Coach Tom. We are Team Binge. We are here to discuss Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 7. This episode is called The Strings That Bind Us. And now that I'm reading that title, I'm realizing (laughs) what the reference is, having watched the episode. And it's problematic, bothersome. It hurts a little bit, I guess is how I would say that. But very interesting episode. Tom, did you have a good time with this one? This, I mean, it's Lasso. I still have fun. I love all these characters. I don't think this is probably my favorite episode of the season. I mean, we get some very heavy moments with uh, Sam's storyline. We have kind of Ted implementing the total football and kind of some relationship stuff. So I felt like the heaviness of what they tried to do with Sam plus the relation stuff they were doing with both Jack and Keeley and Nate and Jade, which we'll get into, I felt was kind of a little much. And some of it was a little bit forced, I think in my opinion, but I mean, again, it's, it's still a lot of fun. The training sessions they had, I think were, were definitely my favorite. How about you? What do you think? Listen, uh, yarn and genitals will always be <laughs> in a top spot for me. They hold the special That was your place. band back in college, right? Yes. Yarn and... Yarn and genitals, yes. <laughs> uh, we were a cover band of mostly Christian music, so that's okay. Uh, didn't get a lot that's not, of... That's yarn and Gentiles. <laughs> good. Very good. I like it. All right. We're starting off. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, we'll dive into it. We'll touch on... I don't know. We'll wrap yarn around all of it and I guess tug a little bit and see where it all goes. But we started with like a weird, I didn't really understand this. We start with like a montage of, hey, come visit London town. Like there's a bunch of shopkeepers doing things. I didn't understand this. What was happening here? I mean, it's it's restaurant week, I guess, but they just used all the B-roll footage they had of the small town London with them opening up their awnings, putting out their umbrellas, you know, just flipping their signs. Like, it was cute to see, like, the little bits of London, but they were very, very heavy on this B-roll. Yeah, for an episode that was, I don't know, three hours long, I didn't feel <laughs> like this was necessary. I guess it's trying to put us in touch with the fact that Sam's restaurant is a pivotal part of this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I appreciate I was like, oh, I'm watching a travel show. This is lovely. <laughs> sounds good. Uh, this is broken up, of course, by uh, Jamie in, I want to say, a bright pink like sweatsuit <laughs> yes. that said like fabulous on the front or something like that <laughs> as he's pulling Roy, who's uh, riding a bike like one should. This is great. This is kind of like what I mentioned earlier about Roy wanting to do the least amount of effort and put Jamie through like more of it. So now that Roy can at least balance on a bike, he's he's got him on a string being pulled by by Jamie, which is great, right? The string that binds us. Name of the episode. We get it right away. I just couldn't get past this the the, the sweatsuit. There was something about it. <laughs> which once again, I know I'm in like jail for commenting on the women's fashion in this show but i want to i want people to know i'm also uh i have issues with jamie's choices as well here although i would say if i had this i would probably wear it um looks so comfy which transitions me to the next part which is keely and jack and jack's vest jack's vest looks like (laughs) it is 
Han Solo's vest for a giant. That's what it looks mm. like. It's mm. anyways. Okay. I was thinking I'm more in jail. I was thinking more like boys to men. It had like a boys to men vest vibe to me. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Because I sung I sung in third grade talent show. I sung boys to men. Lip sunk, lip sunk sang. I don't know how you say that on stage. And Either or, right? I made one of these vests. Yeah. <laughs> Either or. But I made one of these vests and I rocked it and it was great. I don't think I still have it. Boys to Men should have probably been what I chose when I said Yarn and Genitals was a cover band. It should have been a Boys to Men. I think there's probably some strings you could tie there. Anyways, Jack is all about giving first edition Sense and Sensibility uh, books to Keeley. And mm. Keeley's like, oh, I really love the movie. I guess we're just, I mean, I understand the storyline that happens in this episode. <sighs> I kind of feel like the show is doing a little bit of a disservice because this is not the relationship. It's fine. It's nice that they're, Mm -hmm. you know, it's developing, but uh, this is not where we want Keeley's relationship to go as viewers. I don't know. You know, we want her back with Roy. So are we, did we lay the groundwork in this episode for this relationship to go bad? Is that kind of how you felt this going? I think so. It is interesting to say that because I feel like there's multiple relationships throughout this show that, the audience seems to want, like with the Ted Becca stuff, with Roy and Keeley, um, that they are just not really tugging on quite yet. I mean, we got really nothing in this episode from the Ted Becca thing, and we've only got five more episodes left if they're really going to go down that that route. But I agree, I feel like, and we'll get to it maybe when, they, when Rebecca kind of brings it up, but they laid the groundwork here for Jack, but she doesn't seem to be in the same vein of Rupert. So I don't think it's going to go in that same same direction, but maybe similar to bring them apart in some way. Right. I feel like, well, I mean, don't take this the wrong way, Jack, but I feel like Jack is just <laughs> like a plot device to slow down like the inevitable of who Keely ends mm-hmm. up with, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. This is like a filler, because I don't think this is, I don't think this is forever. You know, I don't, I don't know. That's what I, that's what my sense and sensibility told me is I didn't think this was forever, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I like her as a character. I think she's very genuine in things that she's doing, but I mean, I I don't know, like a super rich person buying a first edition to somebody that, I mean, I'm sure Keely appreciates it, but that's not something that she probably needs or really wants. And then she kind of like quote unquote defiles it by writing something in it. Like, I don't know, maybe uh, donate some money to charity in Keeley's name as opposed to doing this very expensive joke. I don't know. Yeah, no, the human fund. Yeah, you're the, you're <laughs> yeah. a real George Costanza over there, Tom. <laughs> All right, let's go to Sam's restaurant where he goes into his own restaurant and he's begging for a table. And this, I believe, <laughs> is a writer's way of telling us that the restaurant's doing well. They're all booked up. Yeah. There's no reservations, mm-hmm. even for the owner. Uh, there's no uh, reservations available. And then we get the chef who's known as Simi, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. I found her very mean to Sam. I I found her angry and and mean to Sam. (laughs) I think Simi's awesome. Uh, Like the fact that she's just calling him out, calls him poo-poo head, which I thought was like childish, but hilarious. Uh, I know your son would probably have loved that. Um, yes. And then the the fact that she's the lead chef and is constantly getting the affirmation from her fellow chefs and having them scream "Yes, chef!" I mean, I just I love that dynamic in a kitchen. It's great. Yeah, I 
I liked the like restaurant manager he talked to in the beginning. I don't know that we've uh, we know her name, but the mm-hmm. yeah, Simi. Uh, I gotta be honest, Simi scares me. She's like shouting. <laughs> uh, she's watching the news in um, the kitchen, which I I don't know how I felt about this. Like they they take kind of a serious subject and they make it very like. I don't know. They simplify it to the point where it's just like I don't. I didn't. I didn't understand this this storyline, this through line yeah. in the episode. Yeah, the whole idea of like the defense minister like denying these Nigerian refugees and like yes, refugees and like you know, immigration. It's a very big issue, and there's a lot of nuance and stuff to it. But the way that the episode kind of treats it, it's very just kind of black and white. And I, I don't know. This to me, I think was. I like the idea of the storyline. I like where they end this, where they ultimately get the team together and help out Sam. But so much of this just kind of feels forced. Sure. Especially into this episode that has some lighthearted moments with like the relationship building and then the coaching stuff. I don't know. Like, again, I like the idea of what they're doing here to use this platform to, you know, have Sam be a voice for like the marginalized, right? Because we saw this in the first season. Right. We put the tape over his jersey for or jersey for like the cerulean oil or whatever it was. But it just came on so fast and seemingly is going to be tied up in this episode only and we probably won't hear about it again. Right. Which is I think what they did with, if I recall, Cerulean Oil did not last more than an episode in terms <laughs> no. of I mean Give it to Sam. He's solving things, you know? He's solving big (laughs) oil, and he's solving um, (laughs) refugee immigration law. So Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. As someone who's not allowed on Twitter, I I found the Twitter battle that happens in this episode (laughs) a little bit confusing. Um, Mm -hmm. But the big thing here is the restaurant's doing well, and Sam's dad is, is coming into town, which our interaction with Sam's dad previously has just been through text, right? Correct. Maybe a phone call that we've kind of like listened into, but yeah, they haven't featured this actor yet. Okay. I love this guy when he comes on. Yeah. I just, (laughs) I'm remembering Sam on the uh, exercise bike being, being (laughs) taken to task by his dad over (laughs) uh, the Cerulean oil stuff. Yeah. We have a, a team meeting and this is great. This feels like Coach Beard was volunteered to be an infomercial salesman, and he's like <laughs> selling you a VHS tape on total football. And yeah. all of you can be a part of this, and then you go out and sell total football to three of your friends, <laughs> and sure enough, everyone gets rich. But we a lot have of triangles this. mentioned in the last episode, right? Yes. Maybe it is a Ponzi scheme. Yes, and triangles <laughs> are just another form of squares. Um, they. <laughs> Tom, did you recognize all the names in the in the video? Because they kept dropping these famous people names, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Ooh, I bet if I knew anything about soccer, this would mean something to me." Like they men- mentioned Pep, and I was like, "I know Tom's talked about Pep before," <laughs> and I guess Jamie was coached by Pep. Were you just mm-hmm. were you just glorifying and all of the total <laughs> football of this VHS tape that Beard presents? I definitely knew Pep Guardiola, who was, we saw last season, he actually made a cameo, I believe, on the show. So that's why they're kind of using him again and was a coach for Jamie. Um, I, I didn't know, I think it's, is it Johan Krauf, for which gets um, corrected yeah, by Jan, Jan which Jan is good. Jan would correct you probably, but he's he declined to be a guest on tonight's podcast. <laughs> 
but I like the idea of Beard like probably purposefully mispronouncing it, not to like to throw the scent off of him actually knowing uh, oh, Dutch. Good call. Good call. <laughs> I didn't even catch clever. that. That's beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun. It was just like a PowerPoint presentation of all this, which is actually kind of cool to hear about like the history of total football and how it's kind of morphed and the way they do so much on this. I'm wondering if, especially kind of towards the end where you get the Trent Krim saying, oh, it's all going to work. Like this will be the crux of Ted Lasso, like bringing in the positive mindset for the past three seasons and developing his own version of total football. Like they kind of mentioned Pep Guardiola doing for Manchester City. Sure, sure. The strategy is going to take months to implement, but Ted's like, we're going to do it this weekend against Arsenal, and <laughs> yeah. uh, no Very one quickly. seems to be on board. <laughs> yeah, like Roy, I think, was the first to come out and mention, like, yes, we could do this. It's going to take us a month, but we're going to get there, and nope, Ted's not having it. He's, he doesn't have that time. No, he we'll does three not. seasons. <laughs> and everyone protests, but Ted has a, a full safe safe foolproof <laughs> whatever that phrase is to shut down any protests and what is his hush line yes hush your butts you hush your butts hey I, hey hush those butts hush a lot of butts being butts. not hushed he said it once and <laughs> i started good. laughing and then he repeated it and used different <laughs> versions of it and i wrote it down i was like oh i can't i'm gonna use that on my kids and it's, it's not fantastic. going to work because it's going to cause them to laugh 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 and laugh i'm excited Anytime, anytime Ted gets to flex his coaching muscles and hush those butts, uh, I get excited. So, well, and we get a lot more of like Ted coaching, right? Like we haven't gotten a lot of it. He's just kind of been there on the sidelines, seemingly. Roy and Beard are doing everything, so right. I like the idea of this episode allowing Ted to kind of flex the coaching muscle again. We go from the team to the law offices of KJPR, <laughs> where Barb notices the. First edition of Sense and Sensibility. And mm-hmm. this gets weird. Keely like doesn't want to tell her that they've been meeting. I guess this is all her trying to hide the relationship, which I don't know. I did not I don't feel like Keely's a closed Sense and Sensibility book. I feel like she's an open <laughs> Sense and Sensibility book. So I found this conversation or maybe it's just because it's Barb. I I once again this part of the episode I found puzzling. I think it just took her off guard. Like she didn't know really how to answer this because she never thought people would ask her about it. So when she Barb kind of came in and saw the book, she didn't know how to react. So this is what she did. Cause I think later on when um, Jack actually kind of confronts her about it, you know, Keely even mentions like, listen, everybody always knows everything about me. I'm not, I don't know what to do here. So it's just a little bit of a panic, I think. Sure. I was surprised she didn't close the blinds in this situation and just be like, (laughs) I thought these blinds would protect me from you guys knowing about me and Jack, but now that you've seen the book. Yeah. So we cut, and it's been a while since we see him in his element, but Coach Nate, Mm -hmm. Nate the Great, doing, I guess, some hard coaching at his desk. I don't feel like football (laughs) managers spend a lot of time in their office at their desks in the middle of the day. Um, they should be on the field telling the team to just run the whole practice. I'm sorry, all of training. Is that what it's called? Yeah, training. But no, that's what we have Disco for. <laughs> Coach Disco. Which we, <laughs> I, there, I mean, there should be a public outcry. We have not gotten any more of Disco since his intro. Like, what happened there? Did that actor, like... I don't know, man. Uh, oh, man, what... 
We need more. We'll get more. We have to. Right? You, you can't introduce so? a character named Disco and not give him a scene at some point later on. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, Nate <laughs> answers a text from his family that everyone's getting together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the sister's in town, so yeah, they're they're getting a family dinner. I love this little bit here where he does the "Hey Siri," and then Siri responds by saying, "Yes, Wonderkind." <laughs> so he had set Siri to reply and call him that, which is great. You know, you also clearly have the Apple product placement for an Apple TV Plus show, which I always find funny. Um, but when I was listening to this on my iPad or watching the episode again, when he said "Hey Siri," it literally uh, triggered my Siri on my iPad. Really? Yeah, I out loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have their phone, but I don't have any of that stuff set up, so I never use it, and it won't respond because I can say Siri all day long. Yeah, my phone doesn't look at it; it's just laying there, impotent. What's your dog's Siri. name? Isn't it Siri? No, no, no. My dog's name is Bandit. That's a different. That's a different name. Oh, great! Now that's out in the public. Now they know. Now they can get at him. I would ask. I would like to read a statement in this moment. I would like my dog Bandit to have. Um, some privacy. Uh, he's a private fellow. Uh, he is part of the uh, Blue Healer family. He's the father. Um, anyways, let's talk about Bluey. We're at the pub. Uh, May is letting us know that business is bad when the team loses. No one shows up mm-hmm. at the pub. I don't know. Do you believe this? Do you believe that the pubs... Um, do you believe that she can... Blame it all on the team losing, that she's losing patrons. In the middle of like the afternoon, I feel like you need to do something else to try to bring in you know, the butts. Uh, yeah. She's got to do a better job of not hushing the butts, whatever the opposite of hushing the butts is. Oh, you do um, a wet short contest. That's what you do. Wet shorts <laughs> contest. And then you get, you get some unhushed butts in seats. That's how it works. That, like a Wednesday afternoon wet shorts competition. Yeah. You just get to sit in soggy shorts and eat fish and chips and drink your warm beer, I think, is how it works over there. I don't know. I've never left the U.S. So mm-hmm. There's probably something to it, though, like in terms of the game days. If I think we see it later when they start getting their butt kicked by Arsenal, then some of the patrons start leaving. So I can see some of it, and she's just probably looking for somebody to blame, just like the pub crew is. And they come at Ted. With such force. They've realized that going soft on him (laughs) is not working. So they come in real hot. And it's great to see them all back. It is. Yeah, them interacting with with, uh, Ted and Beard. And then like his line's like, listen, we've we've humanized you and we've lost all objectivity. (laughs) And then just boom. I like how Beard gets like upset and like almost stands up here. Because we know like Beard had the night and outing with all these guys. So he's probably closer to these guys than anybody else. Right. And then as one does, Ted invites them all to training. And mm-hmm. Beard uh, <laughs> takes a little bit of an issue with this. <laughs> well, it's great. Like, because Beard's like, listen, do you really want to have fans, you know, be at our practice? And Ted's line is fantastic. You know, listen, it's their team. We're just borrowing it for a little while. I loved which it. I loved. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yep. We go from there. We have Nate walking by Jade's place of work, which is not at all stalkerish. This is <laughs> something that's romantic in TV shows. And uh, the interaction with Derek and Nate was very funny. I enjoyed this. I like that they're... I mean, I don't need a ton of Derek. Uh, I don't need to know his backstory, <laughs> but he is, uh, he is a good time. Uh, and I'm glad that Nate, in all of his awkwardness, is being brought back into the show uh, more and more. Not yeah, evil agreed. Nate, but awkward Nate. 
yeah, we're we're getting a a, a turn for Nate right here, right? So I'm I'm glad that they they did this because we only have so many episodes left, and we've always thought that they're going to turn him around. So I like what they did to help again continue to set the the path for Nate to uh, come back. When he's redeemed, do you think they will dye his hair back to uh, a darker color, <laughs> or do you think they will keep it as the uh, snowy mountaintop that it is? That's a good question. I feel like at this point he's he's committed and it is what it is. Like he'll he'll try to pretend it's natural. I'm gonna predict they shave it into a mohawk and dye it like platinum blonde. <laughs> that is what I'm predicting. I'm here for it. We're at training. This is the implementation of total football, and there mm-hmm. are four elements to this. Tom, I'll let you go through all four and explain all four, if you would please. Yes, sure. So this first session we get is number one, conditioning. So that's where he's having him run, you know, or Roy's having him run all these different laps, which is a great little bit. And the next training session is versatility, number two. Then number three is awareness. And then four is mystery. It's like one of those like lollipops that uh, doesn't tell you what flavor it is. Then you open it up and it's lemon and you're like, ugh. Yep. Takes two licks and then you get to the center. Yeah, I know those. (laughs) I know the type. (laughs) I had forgotten that Roy just shouts whistle. He did it, and I, I like, I don't know. I had a moment where I was like, "What is he doing?" And then I was like, "Oh yeah, he doesn't use a whistle." Um, Allergic to metal. Great, great callback. Back. Yeah, and like, oh, we can get you a plastic one, and then like hard cut. All right, we're at the law offices of KJPR. Keely explains to Jack how like awkward things were, I think, with Barb and that she doesn't want people. And then Jack's like, listen, I'm get away with everything, Rich. So she just goes <laughs> out and she explains to everyone that they are dating and she's like, we can't get in trouble. We are untouchable, mm-hmm. uh, which is just like the movie with Sean Connery and Kevin Costner. I think this is the same premise. Field of Dreams? No, Untouchables. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed it. <laughs> it's okay. I feel like... I, we'll insert I some like, laughter. Okay. Um, I mean, I like the funny bit of the, the on and off of the window. I thought that was pretty good of Keely just panicking, turning it off, and then realizing that that is just more suspicious. Sure. And then going back and forth. I, I appreciated that. It is, a, uh, mm-hmm. it is a good time. I love a good blinds sight gag where it goes on and off. <laughs> The team is vomiting. While all of this stuff, mm. all the, the heavy drama in the office between Jack and Keeley is happening, the team is vomiting. Mm. Someone's been poisoned, right? Is this where we get our murder <laughs> mystery? Listen, this is some of the best vomit I've ever seen. Ugh. Ugh, <laughs> just you talking about it. Uh, uh, uh. No, I won't do that. This all. is the first this is the first sequence I think where they cut back to the training and I think we see more fans joining the stadium which i think is kind of cool so like progressively each time we go back to training you see more and more of the fans in there so i think it's kind of the cool idea that first it was just the three pub guys but now kind of the words getting out and seemingly ted beard roy don't care they're they're allowing their fans to to check out practice which is cool now i know you are one that likes to frequent live sporting events and Correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you have been to an American football game featuring the Arizona Cardinals, and in an intimate setting, you were able to shout at the players. And I believe mm. you got to shout at one Larry Fitzgerald once. Is it, am I remembering this right, Tom? 
You are correct. I mean, if you go and watch Larry Fitzgerald, spring training was was this specific moment. Uh, you get to get rather close. And when Larry Fitzgerald is wearing those tight pants and you see the glutes on this man, you can't help but scream, nice glutes, Larry. So I let him know that what he's doing in the weight room is, is paying off because this guy's got buns of steel. Okay. He does not need to hush his butt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. His butt does a hushing for him. I felt like this was very important to have recorded and cemented in history uh, that this actually happened. And I believe that's when the legal issues started for you. Um, and they have not allowed you back in Larry Fitzgerald Stadium uh, since that moment. So uh, it was worth it. I'm glad. Anyways, when there are people at these sporting events that's where my mind goes to what would tom shout if he was there at that game what would he be shouting at roy what would he be shouting at jamie anyways we see oh they get keely and rebecca together they're at a restaurant Mm -hmm. and rebecca makes a joke about losing keely to another woman and this is when they start talking about all the gifts that keely's receiving and like Mm-hmm. If Rebecca hadn't brought this up, would you have felt differently about the stuff that Jack has done for Keeley? Like taking her to Norway, giving her the book. Uh, I think there's mention of maybe some other gifts. Would you have thought that all strange if Rebecca didn't come up with the term love bombing and this conversation happening? I think I would have, like, especially I think later when we get the flowers, all the daisies, whatever, put in her office, like that is a bit much. Get her a thing of daisies, don't fill her entire room of it. And again, like the book being such a ridiculous gesture of like opulence, like you didn't need to do this. Keely's not that kind of person, which also kind of shows me that Jack maybe doesn't really know Keely as well as certainly we know Roy probably does. So, I, I I mean, I wouldn't have put a name to it. I like this idea of love bombing and then Rebecca saying, you know, they, the, the people that name stuff. And then we eventually <laughs> find out that Keely probably is one of these days, which was good. Sure. But, yeah, I think I probably would have picked up on it. I don't know. What about you? I mean, I don't know. It just felt like a rich person being a rich person. It wasn't like a red flag <laughs> for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of me is like, wish I had a jack in my life with that large vest (laughs) and those flights to Norway. I don't know. Mm. I don't need the books, but, um, you know, the the flowers would be nice. You, my friend, are a gift giver. You are very kind and generous to people and and close friends of yours on birthdays. And and you are are very kind and nice when it comes to gifts for others. That's probably why you don't see it as a bad thing, which I love about you. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I am pretty great. So yeah, that's a good that's a good point, and that's certainly not a weird red flag. Um, I obviously have never, in an argument, been like, "Well, Tom, I got you that sweater you wanted, so I win this one." Anyways, gifts are just something I hold over people. Tom, there, that's recorded, so you can have that one. Um, speaking of shiny things that tarnish, that's Rebecca's line. She's like, "Shiny things can tarnish. Don't ignore the red flags." Mm-hmm. She brings up how, I think this is where she talks about Rupert, mm-hmm. like, buying her things and then makes the correlation for Jack paying for everything. Uh, and then 
cue the restaurant person being like, oh, Jack's already taken care of everything. And I love what Rebecca <laughs> does. Rebecca's like, uh, you can have a bottle of champagne. I'll have a bottle of champagne. We'd like some tiramisu. Let's run that bill up. I love that she did that. I love how she gives, like, says the to the waitress there, like, hey, you can get one yourself as well. And it's like this fancy, crazy bottle that, I mean, I don't know, if I were acting and having to remember this line, I probably would have butchered it, which I love. I, I just, I love Rebecca here. But what what do you think? We touched on it briefly in the top. Do you think they're going to turn Jack? I mean, I, I can't imagine into a villain. She's not going to be like the Rupert type from what we've seen so far. But do you think they're going to give her some kind of heel turn or eventually will this just be too much for Keeley and she'll break it off? Or do you think they're going to live happily ever after? Um, I don't know. I think in the same way, like Zava was not a like villain. I think, I think the show's smart enough and the show is based in some sort of reality, despite the psychic <laughs> stuff um, where I think it would be very strange for like Jack to have a moment where she just like turns completely uh, like villainous. So I think this mm-hmm. relationship will probably just peter out uh, and it will peter out hopefully in a way that leads Keeley back to Roy. Um, mm-hmm. And that is only because as an audience, that's what I'm rooting for. You know, I liked mm-hmm. them together. I hoped that they, for the sake of both of their happiness, like find each other again. That's not to say anything against Jack. It's just I don't have two seasons of emotions that are tied into Jack's character. You know, I didn't even know she existed until, you know, four (laughs) episodes ago. You know, they have still given us little breadcrumbs about her potentially coming back to Jamie. Right. Like, I'm wondering if they might do that. If you talk about Jamie's arc, which I think arguably is probably one of the better arcs throughout the entire series. Sure. I think it could be interesting if she does end up back with Jamie because he certainly is a, a changed man. Sure, but where does that leave where does that leave Roy? Miss um, um, Bowen. Oh man. Miss <laughs> Bowen. An Irish accent. Uh, let's just sit. Let's just sit and think about how <laughs> glorious that would be. Roy and Miss Bowen. He would coach the kindergarten soccer team. She would teach the kindergartners how to do math. What a <laughs> what a beautiful life they'd live. It is interesting to think like they've given so many characters so many different like love stories and like I mean because Miss Bowen I think maybe they didn't lay it no, heavily we romantic gave, but they I, I <laughs> gave, gave it more <laughs> I think I spoke that into existence I don't think this show kind of hinted at it but it didn't go yeah anywhere. but like the Sam and Rebecca stuff obviously the the audience wanting the Sam and or not Sam excuse me uh, Rebecca and Ted deal. It is interesting that this late in the series, we're still kind of playing this guessing game on the relationship stuff. Right. Well, that's what makes these shows fun. I do think, mm-hmm. I mean, the Sam and Rebecca, I'm surprised that's not what people are rooting for. I see that mm-hmm. as a much more likely scenario than Ted and Rebecca. I don't think Yeah, for them to one, go romantic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think that one makes sense to me. Maybe Rebecca but, and Ted move in... And like have a platonic relationship where they raise this football team together, but I don't think, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know that the romance is going to be there. I don't know. But I feel like you know, again, talking about the romances, I feel like they've given Sam like a a romantic storyline with Simmy, right? Like sure. it seems like they are kind of getting along, and that that might be explored there. So it kind of gives 
I don't know, give not Sam an out, but it's putting Sam on a different path where the audience isn't saying like, you know, Sam is obviously such a remarkable person and guy throughout the whole series. You know, you kind of want the best for him, but you could argue maybe him ending up Rebecca isn't the best for him or I don't know. Sure, 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 sure. Well, those are our strong predictions. We just told everyone <laughs> what was going to happen. So I don't remember what I said, but I'm sure it's going to come true. We're at the Shelley house, which is... There are a lot of callbacks in this episode, which I appreciated. We have mm-hmm. the uh, niece that loves making a fancy box. And so she... <laughs> has a essentially a birthday cake fancy box uh (laughs) and nate is asking his mom and sister about hey how do you know if a girl is into you or is just being nice to you Uh, you can't you can't you can't (laughs) apparently i like it's the same response from his family that he does from siri right right which just (laughs) lets you know that siri's always right (laughs) But I love how the, you know, I think it's a mom or the sister eventually asks, like, hey, we got to bring dad's map out. And Nate has never seen this. And it's, you know, the adorable map of the dad asking the mom out, saying, like, how distant, how far away they were. And it was cute and adorable. I don't know why they're so keep this away from Nate. Like, he can't know about it. Like, I feel like it's a cool romantic gesture that you should kids should probably know about. It was cool. I liked it. I also thought it was fun to be able to see and meet Shelley's family or, or Nate's family, right? Yeah. I think anytime you want to ground a character a little bit more, you just show him with his family and show him that he's not the monster that he is when he's around Rupert. Right. What I think is funny is we've met his parents before and the dad, like there's a distance there and him trying mm-hmm. to prove himself to his dad, but the rest of Nate's family seems perfectly lovely. Like, and I'm not saying yeah. the dad's bad, but so to your point, it does like, bring you back to the oh yeah we like nate like nate's good good people why did the show make him darth vader Mm -hmm. for i don't know (laughs) anyways uh that was a star wars reference tom darth vader anyways never heard uh, of it we're back at sam's restaurant and this is them once again pushing the immigration issues and Sam's reaction, and I believe Simi's reaction of them disagreeing with how the mean... I thought she was the prime minister. Was she the prime minister or... It was defense minister. That little paper that Simi throws down in the beginning says defense minister, okay. immigration plan, blah, blah, blah. Got yeah. it. Got but ultimately, it. Sam's idea here is to engage on Twitter, which, again, for a popular you know, sports athlete, like taking to social media is probably not a bad idea to kind of push what you know you believe and think is right but i mean as we've seen before putting stuff on social media you know sometimes can can go sour which which we'll see here in a bit if that was another shot at me tom i won't recognize it and i won't <laughs> respond to it you took the password away. still getting letters from the still getting letters from the justice department thanks man i just wanted to know when <laughs> um they would discuss the harvey dent law that's all that's all i wanted to know <laughs> Anyways, Nate and Jade, this is where I think Nate shows up at the restaurant and he almost asks her out. And did you notice, did you notice too, when Nate comes in, he introduces himself. He's like, Nate. And then he goes and says like his line. So thinking (laughs) that Jade doesn't remember his name. That's (laughs) great. (laughs) 
But then he's like, I need to do something first. And he goes into the bathroom and he stares into the bathroom mirror. And I'm mm. pretty sure I verbally was like, no, don't do it. Don't yes. spit on the mirror. It's so weird. Don't yes. spit on the mirror. Are we, were we, I'm was I the only one? Did you have the same, did no. you have the same thought? Everybody watching the scene was saying the same thing. Like you knew where he was going. You knew what he was doing. And I'm like, okay, cool. He's going to go in here. He's not going to spit on the mirror. And thankfully he didn't. And, you know, again, this is, I think, officially signifying the turn for Nate. Okay. So you don't think there was one weirdo out there in the world being like, yeah, spit on that mirror. You don't think they were... <laughs> Oh, there are definitely weirdos out there that wanted that for sure. All right, all right, all right. Well, we'll go at them on social media. Uh, I'll just need the <laughs> password, Tom, if you could. I think it's important that I have it now. Uh, if you nope, could just never. text it to me or think about it. Give it, give it some thought a little bit. I'll give it a think. Okay, thank you. Speaking of thinking, we're at training, and it is team lesson number two. Versatility. Versatility. So this is when the players are going to swap positions via the little note cards that Roy's going to hand out. Yeah, this is like a party game where they're like, hey, you get the card and it has uh, like a famous person's. But this was more mm-hmm. fun because the team members get to do impressions of each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the star here was Will and Beard uh, swapping places. Oh, that was so good, man. Like that long game of like, okay, you see Beard in the background doing the fumbling of the water bottles and everything and you know will is dressed up somewhere like beard and then when they do kind of cut to eventually oh my god is it so great with like that brown duct tape on his face and screaming the uh the beard line like let's go baby so 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 good and i feel like that's gonna be my halloween costume this year oh i will i will be <laughs> the trent Krim to your coach beard if that's what it takes I mean, I have a beard, and I feel like I'm going to shave my beard to then put brown duct tape on my <laughs> to face. Tape it on. That's great. <laughs> we find out that Jamie gets Jamie. I did. Did we understand what was happening here, or did we? What lesson is Jamie supposed to learn from this? Did you? I, I did not pick I up. I feel on like what. Was what here. Yeah, I don't. I think ultimately the writing here is just so Jamie can be Jamie at the end of the episode at halftime where he kind of says, you know, you got to play through me, not to me or whatever it is. So I think this is a means for like the coaches to say, okay, you're the star forward. You don't have Zav anymore. Just keep doing what you're doing. But Jamie is the one that ultimately recognizes that is not how we're going to play total football. You can't be 10 guys doing this. It's got to be all 11 guys on board. Right. Cause he says, cause Ted's, line to jamie is oh no you just be jamie and score goals like that's what you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do okay i follow i follow there's a moment here where uh, beard throws a water bottle to trent Krim, which is just lovely (laughs) just a fun there's a couple moments throughout this episode where they do this i think later on there's like a one -er where they're all like passing around the water bottle and flicking it around and the camera never cuts so i feel like there's a handful of deals in this episode where they're just kind of having fun and I'm sure it took him quite a few takes. I'm sure there's a lot of behind-the-scenes footage of water bottles being <laughs> being thrown. Yeah. Are there bloops for this show? Like season one, season two? Did they ever come out with any? Because I feel like if they haven't, that's a missed opportunity. That'd be great. I don't think I've seen a gag reel for Ted Lasso. No, but mm, that 100% okay. If it's out there, be. share it with us, folks. Yeah, you can reach out to us and tell us it exists, but don't tell us where. Let us hunt for it. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. can reach us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. And 
Also, when Tom gives me the password to the social media, I will <laughs> give that out to everyone as well, because I think that's what mm-hmm. you do. In order to interact yes. with people, you give the password to your social media to them? Is that... Correct. And then they reply to you in your own DMs, correct? Yeah. Okay, wonderful. I've got it. I think that's <laughs> maybe why my password was revoked the first time, <laughs> but it was so long ago. Isaac takes a corner, which I thought was... I, I didn't know where this was going. I was like, oh, they're going to make him really good at corners. But instead, yep. he's he doesn't take corners because he's so powerful. Is that what <laughs> I'm supposed to pick up from this? Because he almost kills... Uh, Leslie Higgins, we don't see him in any of the other episode, but this where he spills the tea. And I don't mean tell I secrets. Love- I mean, he literally spills his tea. <laughs> yeah, I love this this idea of it hitting and the way they framed it too where it cuts to Higgins just drinking the tea very slowly in the room and you can see in the background the CGI ball coming to hit the glass and then spilling it it's just fantastic slapstick comedy I also love the uh the line you get from the pub guys it says just a bit outside which is that major league reference so mm. I, I I loved it okay I gonna disagree with you that that ball was CGI I think uh all of the <laughs> shows effects are practical so uh we'll we'll have to look that one up Mm -hmm. we're in the locker room i don't know there's something about having to read someone's messages on their phone in a tv show i'm just like (laughs) listen i'm here to watch a show if i wanted to be on my phone i'd and then i'm on my phone um in the middle of watching a show but sam reads the shut up and dribble tweet Mm-hmm. Yeah, Julian came here to lead, not to read. Not to read. <laughs> but yeah, so this is, I mean, a direct take from like the Laura Ingram Fox News anchor attacking like LeBron James and telling him like, listen, shut up and dribble, stay in your lane kind of a thing. So they didn't even like coyly kind of play off this. They ripped it straight off. I actually did see a tweet today that had LeBron James wearing a Richmond like hoodie. So I'm That's wondering funny. if he like either coordinated it or knew that this episode was going to have this or just found it afterwards. But yeah, I mean, again, it's I'm, I'm all for the, the activism of athletes. I think it's using their platform to be able to like push something that they are passionate about. I think it's great. And I think people that are trying to shoot them down are terrible because it doesn't matter if they are, are uh, an athlete, if they have a platform and they can speak their mind, just like news anchors on some of these. Um, and I use the word news anchors kind of lightly. Um, pushing a specific agenda. It seems so hypocritical to say an athlete can't do the same, but this is the type of stuff to me that was just so heavy-handed and was kind of tough throughout the episode where they're just pushing this specific storyline so hard that, like with the oil stuff we talked about in the beginning, I I don't know if it could have been done any different way or a little bit lighter, but it was, I mean, I don't know, just jarring, I guess. Oh, it could have been done differently. And I'm on the opposite side, Tom, on this one, Uh, you know, and I'm legally obligated by the Justice Department to say this, but people (laughs) should not use social media to go after the powers that be. We should all just shut up and dribble. What I didn't think made any sense is like shut up and dribble applies to basketball, but it doesn't apply to soccer. So why would they tell him to shut up and dribble? It's not like he's bouncing the ball around. So this didn't (laughs) I mean, you do dribble with your feet, buddy. I'm sorry. Excuse me. What <laughs> are you? <laughs> am I touching on something? You do <laughs> dribble with your feet. Oh, 
Sure. I mean, if you're talented, I, I mean, you've got to, how do you bounce the ball? No, 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 this doesn't. Anyways, let's move on. That doesn't make any sense. You can't dribble a ba- basketball with your feet. All right. Uh, Trent questions Ted. And I don't remember what the question was about. So I believe it was oh, about the total about number football. four, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's about the, hit, the idea of doing total football and is the team really ready for it? And then I don't think he, well, maybe he does ask about the number four bit at, at this point, trying to figure out what it is. I don't remember. I was too focused on Will sitting in Bill Beard's chair <laughs> doing a great impression with his legs up on the desk. Reading a book. And, yeah. and it's been a long time since we've gotten a hard uh, F word on the show, but Beard uses it when he tells Will to get out of his chair, which was a very <laughs> funny moment. Well, um, I guess you should say, you should preface it by saying the F word that's not from Roy. Right, 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 right. Yeah, those I'm kind of those immune to at this point. Those are <laughs> not jarring. That's just normal speech. We get a couple of quick cuts, and we have Jade looking for Nate. He's apparently, oh, because he left the restaurant after going to the bathroom, um, yeah. which I've got to, I, I, I felt a little bit bad for Jade in this moment because <laughs> yeah. uh, she's clearly... Uh, looking for Nate, and then also we have Keeley receiving just a boatload of flowers filling mm-hmm. her office. Yes, too many flowers. It's going to get you allergies. Oh, man, tell me about this. Yeah, this. Uh, <laughs> I used to think allergies were just something that people had in their brains, but recently discovered that no, allergies are real, and they hurt, <laughs> and they're not fun. So I apologize to all those people that saw me with my allergy sign on the intersection talking about the uh, lies that were allergies i've recanted mm-hmm. and now i believe in them <laughs> training team lesson number three tom yes this is where we get awareness and i would argue probably the funniest sequence throughout this episode funny painful i don't know how to describe <laughs> it um we find out that soulmates are connected by a red string in some cultures like stories and so everyone is connected by their ding-dongs via red yarn and roy's giggling i felt was real i don't feel like this was acting i felt like brett goldstein was just like i don't know if he wrote this but it just felt like he was laughing so i like the fact that the team is like a little bit like surprised that they're like hey why why are all these things but like there was a time where all those had to be tied like who did the tying like is that the trainer the team trainers like hey guys i need to and then they had to all be on the middle of the field so they would have walked from the locker room already tied up or did this occur on the field tom there's so i have so many logistics <laughs> questions about the tying and the yarn uh, i you know I, I love to be a fly on that yarn you know and figure out what's going on here it is yeah this is something that you probably don't want to think about it too much but oh, I love i've been the... thinking about it a lot <laughs> you're like one of the pub guys you're holding onto the string right now and you're trying to figure out what to do with it um, <laughs> and just offering it to people in the stands. That was great. Yeah. But like the, the way it's shot too, where it's like a close up of the players. And then as Jamie's like asking, Hey, why are these things tied to our ding dongs? It slowly pans out. And then you see the yarn, like just on the ground. It's, it's so, so great. And I loved every minute of it. I would love to know what the yarn budget was for this episode. Cause you know, I mean, 
they probably did this in multiple shoots, so they had to retie for every scene. You know, I uh, <laughs> just uh, from a, I'd like the behind the scenes from a showmaking perspective of you know, did they have to have an intimacy coordinator tie all of the penises? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> Jamie almost loses a penis. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> let me rephrase. <laughs> Jamie almost loses his penis uh, in a freak accident. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just... somebody else's. He didn't misplace somebody else's. It was his own. Sure, sure. Uh, um, I thought you were going to rephrase the ding dong instead of using penis because I know you don't. I know that oh, word. That's true. You know, it's typical probably, for you to say. Well, it's a scientific term. I think kids can learn it. <laughs> Who knows? But this is, I mean, just the way this is acted and like he slowly pulls his pants and is looking down and even like Rojas next to him also seeing this and like then reiterating to everybody, it's okay. His penis is okay. It's just, oh man, it's just so great. And if you notice too, like when the, the yarn or string, whatever eventually pops off, it is tied in a little lasso, which is also kind of funny, the <laughs> lasso, that they're all literally tied up. <laughs> It's pretty good. Oh, man. And that means they <laughs> cinch when they pull. Ugh. Okay, let's move on. Um, but not too far because we get the moment where Ted like runs out onto the field and hits a string. <laughs> and the two guys go down. I don't remember. I think it's Isaac and one other guy. But, oh, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. And then you get more Roy giggles in the background, which, again, this is funny. We get it later when Roy is like cracking wise with the other coaches. But how Roy is infected by beard and lasso at this point right? right like he's he's having fun he's giggling even over you know the the pain of his his fellow players here but it's it's great it's fun to see him open him up more sure sure we've got will going through the locker room with one of those claws that old people that can't bend over anymore use to pick things <laughs> up uh, yeah. at the same time sam is firing uh, tweets off at the Minister of the Dark Arts or whatever it is. Whoever at Hog- Hogwarts runs immigration, I don't know. Mm. Nate, we find out, has left Jade in order to make a craft box in order to ask Jade out. And mm-hmm. the person that I watched this episode with saw this as a over-the-top, not-necessary gesture. Uh, not she was not on board with what Nate is doing here. How did you feel mm-hmm. about this craft box, Tom? I mean, I agree. I think it's a bit over the top, but I think he was going for the grand romantic gesture that his dad did with his mom, with like the map. So he kind of wants to have his own version of that map story, but ultimately is not is not needed. Okay, I disagree. I would love for a complex diorama to be given to me <laughs> that's made out of love, but. It is what it is. Tom, I'm going to have to step step out of fashion jail here because this next scene <laughs> is out of this world because we're back with Keely and Jack. And Keely has just come off the polo field with this furry like helmet hat thing. I, it looked like something from Austin Powers. What was, what was going on? What was she protecting her dome from and with? It looked like she murdered a stuffed animal and stretched its skin over a helmet. Like, just insane stuff going on with Keely in this hat. Yeah, it's a bold choice. I feel like if she loses this hat, birds might find this hat and make a nest out of it. Oh, I mean, yeah, that or fight 
Squishmallows with it. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully Squishmallows are evergreen. Otherwise, that reference isn't going to make sense when people listen to this in 30 years. Uh, is Jack... Jack like is like, oh, Keely, I got you something. And Keely's like, you're coming on too strong. No more gifts. And she's like, oh, mm-hmm. I just got you a crescent. Crescent. However you pronounce it. I don't know. And... It's like a funny gag where, oh, she didn't get her anything serious. But guess what? There's a ring inside that croissant. So uh, hopefully Keely's got good dental insurance because who's <laughs> biting into a croissant filled with gold rings? <sighs> yeah, what if she would have swallowed this? That would have been that would have been very dangerous. This is again, it's silly. I don't think. Again, I, if if they're going to try to make Jack be like this love bomber kind of thing, and this is going to push them away, I guess they want to just do it every single scene they have. They're going to have her doing this, but this was this was a bit much. Yeah, and then Keeley puts the ring on and disappears, and then <laughs> we go from there to Nate and Jade, and Nate, as one does, is crossing the street with his love trophy in front of him trips and it very promptly gets run over now i must say like nate is no tobias funke when it comes to fall acting i felt like his was a bit poor and uh he he, he could have worked on it a little bit not a Pratt fall guy all right you've heard it first no. tom does not think that nick muhammad is a very good Pratt fall guy which i understand nope. he's referring to one doctor tobias funke um <laughs> and when he falls <laughs> And Tobias slips and falls, and his leg stays up in the air. I'll never forget that scene. You're right, Tom. Exactly. God bless Tobias Funke and all that he's done for medicine and people's health. <sighs> yeah, he should have. He should have asked David Cross, the actor who played Tobias Funke, about about a good pratfall. These are all Arrested Development uh, references for those mm-hmm. of you that are confused. One of the best shows ever made, but he pushes through. And unlike Tobias Funke, he asks Jade out on a date, and she says yes. And they exchange mm-hmm. no details. They just turn <laughs> and go in different directions. They don't exchange <laughs> phone numbers. They don't exchange anything. They just ask, receive a yes, and then scene ends. Thank you, show. Well, Nate's going to Nate's gonna be there stalking her the next day anyways, right? So we'll just assume that's off camera. Okay, that's fair. And not at all creepy. Uh, he's going to return with another box, probably slip and fall and have that one destroyed as well. I'd watch that show. Can I have Just... your number? <laughs> the box has, I can't have your number. Uh, and then he gets the number, but then the box is destroyed as he's leaving. Yes, there's a good yes. synergy mm-hmm. there. <laughs> Sam uh, shows up at his restaurant. It has been attacked and vandalized. Uh, scrolled on mm-hmm. the wall is shut up and dribble. This is sad, but once again, as you've pointed out, so heavy-handed that I had a tough time, like really buying into this. I actually, mm-hmm. I, I, it caught me by surprise. My emotional reaction at the end of this storyline, like what the team does. Uh, but as we were getting there, I, I, I wasn't quite on board. But that's fine. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go to the locker room where Trent is in a, I don't know, in a crazed moment here. He needs to know what number four means, and he's mm-hmm. talking to... Is this where he's writing it down, or is this where he's like trying to figure out it from Ted? 
this is where I think he's he's writing it down. So he writes, writes down the first three, writes down number four, dot, 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 question mark. Like he's he's trying to figure out what it is. Right. And I think we have a cut here where the, oh, this is what you were talking about with the water bottles. This is what we're discovering the team is like a well-oiled oil, well oiled machine. <laughs> now that their mm-hmm. ding-dongs have been tied together and then are no more tied together, <laughs> uh, they are a well-oiled machine. There's a joke in there somewhere, but I'm not. I'm not good enough to find it. So mm-hmm. um, I did. There is a moment here where someone is like, "Is this is where they're having the conversation about what number four is. And they're like, is it God? Mm-hmm. And they're like, I hope not or something. And I was like, all right, thanks, show. Way to really <laughs> take God out of number four. For a moment, I thought we were well, going to you- get it. But. No. Do you know in the last episode, episode six, in the credits, that God is credited and it says God as herself? No. No. <laughs> no. But I don't funny. know why that was in the credits. There's no real mention of God, but it's, it's funny. It's great. That is funny. Sam comes into the locker room and boy, is he steamed. He's like mm. bumping into Isaac, which I don't know if he watched Isaac kick that ball. Isaac's the last person I'd be bumping into in that <laughs> locker room. Um, but he is uh, expressing his anger about how stupid people are. And I felt like mm. the main message was maybe right here, which is this is what social media does, Sam. Uh, there are terrible people <laughs> and uh, the platforms that they get to show their terribleness is is typically social media. So lesson learned, mm. uh, stay off your stay off your social media. Tom, I'd like the password unless, now, please. Unless you're following Team Bench, then you can stay on social media. But follow us and nobody else. I don't know. I mean, since you're not giving me the password, it's tough for me to really, I mean, so I have no control. No, 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 it's fine. Follow Tom at Team Binge. Uh, but just know that, actually, you know what, at Tom in order to free Julian. That's what, that's what should really happen right now. Hashtag uh, free Julian. Hashtag free Julian. Oh, no, please don't make that a thing. Sam's dad shows up, and mm. this gentleman is... Uh, one of the largest humans I've ever seen, and he's also dressed <laughs> like he is an extra on a Star Trek episode. Is that fair? Am I? Uh, um, I love the outfit, but oh wait, I got to go back to fashion jail. I'm not allowed to make these comments, so I'll go back yeah, to jail. Talk to me about this guy. He, I, I liked this actor. I think he did a, a great job. Oh, I love this guy, and I'm, <clears throat> I'm sure I'll butcher his name, but I believe it's Nanso Anozi. Uh, but I, I, the first I've seen him was from Game of Thrones. I, I think he plays one of the like leaders of Marine with Daenerys Targaryen or whatever. But he played just a, a menacing, not a menacing character, but just such a figure because of his size. Uh, was really, really good in that. And then I've watched him most recently in that show called Sweet Tooth. Did you ever see that? I think it was on Netflix where he's kind of like a, it's kind of like a Last of Us kind of thing where he's taking this kid who has, I mean, that's going to sound really weird when I started talking about the show. The kid has like horns, so he's like half human, half uh, deer or something. But he's like trekking this kid across the country and keeping him safe. I don't know. Did you I, did you see it? Or watch no, it no. The only sweet tooth I know is from A Land Before Time. I do not know what the sweet tooth Ooh. is you're referring to. Okay. But great show. Great actor. Love this guy. And he has a, a presence for sure. And he's great here because he's like, listen, Sam, you know what you got to do? You got to forgive him. You know, mm. don't fight back, yep. fight forward. Mm. Oh, man. 
And forgiveness is a really tough thing to do when someone wrongs you. I've got, mm, mm. I've got some things to say. It's uh, his advice <laughs> is sound, but man, it's tough to do. Real tough yeah. to do. I feel like your your line is fight back against violence as opposed to don't fight back, fight forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fight back with revenge is what my <laughs> advice would have been. Hit him harder. I'd be like, social media, don't use social media, use fists. That's what I would do. <laughs> but I've never been in this exact situation before. So mm. I do like how we get Ted kind of peering in on this father-son moment of them laughing and, again, getting amazing fatherly advice. And, you know, for a beat before Ted just jumps in, he kind of peers over the window and or the door or glass, whatever, and sees them. So I'm, I'm sure he's kind of thinking of Henry and, and what he's missing in that relationship, too. From there, we go to Emirates Stadium, Tom? Mm, yes, this is where Arsenal plays, a fam- famous Emirates Stadium. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgive me. I thought <laughs> I thought this was a different... Uh, I thought this was the United Emirates Stadium. That's why I got mm, confused. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but we have uh, Keeley, Rebecca, Higgins. Uh, forgive me. Higgins does appear other than when he spills the tea on himself. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Mr. Obasanya, they all meet up, and there is this awkward moment where Mr. Obasanya... <laughs> who does not care that it's awkward, is like, oh, Sam's told me so much about you. Um, <laughs> now, was this relationship developed to the point where Sam, like you took this as Mr. Obasan, you knew that they were in a romantic relationship? Is that how you yeah. took this? Yeah, 100%. Because I think they were on like enough dates and it wasn't just like a one night stand kind of thing until they eventually, was it Rebecca that decided Broke to kind of part ways with it? Sure. Yeah, so. But I no think one else definitely, knew, right? Other than maybe Keeley? Keeley knows on Rebecca's side? That is a good question. I don't remember. I don't think Sam did divulge this to the rest of the team. I don't I don't recall where they went with that storyline. No, I think I, they did keep it. I just meant, did Rebecca divulge it to Keeley? That's what I. Yeah, she did. I, I think it was at the her father's funeral, whatever, where they're like in the back room and she tells Keeley sassy and maybe her mom or something. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, whenever you're in an awkward situation uh, and you don't know where to go in the conversation, we learn what to do in this situation. Tom, <laughs> what do we yeah. do? Just say, go go Richmond, go Greyhounds, start cheering You know, for a game that hasn't even started yet. It was good. Go Cardinals, go Glutes, go Larry. <laughs> Whatever you want to shout in that moment, it will make things less awkward. Yes. Arsenal very quickly is up three to nil. Um, mm-hmm. And the team, for lack of a better word, sucks because everyone is all <laughs> over the place and running into each other. It turns out well, we having get that. your ding-dongs tied together <laughs> isn't a foolproof plan. <laughs> well, we get that line that the team sucks or they, from the announcers, right? Where he says, like, oh, how would you describe this? It sucks, Arlo. It just sucks. <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Which is great. Um, but you gotta—I mean—you gotta admit that uh, Richmond's looking fantastic. They got their their third kits on because we've seen them in the bright orange and the kind of normal home blue and red kits. So to see these very bright and vibrant yellow and blue, like I'm for it. I, I'd buy one of these jerseys. And that's why they change up these jerseys so people like you will buy <laughs> all of them. And fact capitalism. Anyways, <laughs> uh, speaking of capitalism, there's a moment here where we see the pub 
crew and despite things being terrible they're oddly calm and Mm -hmm. this was like them i guess reaching some sort of zen moment where uh, they can calmly watch their team be absolutely destroyed Mm -hmm. from there we go to halftime in the locker room and everyone is mad at everyone there's a joke here about oh ted gives this really long speech about facial hair And I don't Mm -hmm. know if it was because it was the 55th minute of a 60-minute episode and I have the attention (laughs) span of a mid-30s-year-old man who probably looks at his phone too much. But uh, long digression about facial hair. Uh, A comment is made that they, if he had grown out a beard, him and beard would have looked like a ZZ Top cover band. And the best part of this whole speech is just Roy being like, sharp dressed men and Roy realizing he's like look what you've done to me like I hate what you've done to me and then Ted continuing this facial hair speech and eventually mm-hmm. once again I don't I think remember Beard what gives it a is. line yeah Beard gives a line to call like a goatee something and then Roy's kind of replacement for what Beard said was was an asquatch and then again, he just mutters under his things like, oh, make it stop. Yeah, he looks to the heavens and he's like, make it stop. <laughs> and this is what you're talking about. We get like giggling Roy during this episode. Now mm-hmm. he can't stop using like puns and witty lines that are just for comedic effect. Uh, and we love how the joy has overtaken Roy. I laughed. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, I laughed more at all of Roy's, uh, what was happening with him as opposed to the... Um, the long facial hair speech from Ted. Not his best sports movie moment, but it yeah, was something. I agree. It was a bit long and, I don't know, forced a bit. Talking about the, what is it, the, is that not the kings of comedy? What were these guys? The redneck kings of comedy, whatever they called themselves. But, yeah, it was it was long and, I don't know, moving on. Sure, sure. No, no, no. Let's talk about this weird facial <laughs> hair speech for, um... Let's let's all go around the room and give our impressions of Jeff Foxworthy's facial hair, as well as um, Ron White and Larry the Cable Guy. Can I pull it off? What was the fourth guy's name? <sighs> Crap. All right. I don't know it. You know, you're not going to help for me. Let's do the better sports movie moment, which is Jamie. Jamie gets his moment. And he mm. dives in here and he starts going into, you You talked about it earlier, but hey, you guys are, you know, play through me, not play to me. Um, mm-hmm. It sounded better in his accent. <laughs> but he like goes up to the board and he kind of moves the little things around and, and like he's kind of defining what total football is. It's not, you know. Every everybody has to play it. It can't just be most of the team. And I like how Rojas then eventually comes up and he's like, "This is what number four is: sacrifice for the team." And then immediately Ted's like, "No, nah, that's not what number four is." Which I thought was kind of funny. So it's like Ted is still keeping this in his pocket for some reason. I don't know why. And I'm right. assuming it's going to be a later thing for I don't know a revelation for Trent or his book or something else. We'll get in a later episode. But it is kind of weird that he creates a number four and seemingly doesn't know what it is but it's just for i guess to pay off later sure sure the goal of this ultimately is that jamie is not the one to score he's the one to kind Mm -hmm. of conduct and orchestrate and those are all things that are in symphonies so (laughs) 
Yeah, we get a line from the commentator. I think Arlo White actually says like it's a symphony of a goal. So it was it was cool, clever, well done, good soccer acting. I liked it. Yep, it was great. And then AFC pulls off the impossible and comes back from a three nil score to lose three to one, which <laughs> I appreciate about this show. Like the team, once again, the team losing. They allow it to happen. If this was a real like sports movie, they would have won this game. And when mm-hmm. they told me it was 3-0, I was like, I don't know if any team is coming back from 3-0. So I appreciate that they're like, hey, there's one goal that's like a consolation to, hey, this is going to work, which is then what leads to Trent's enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Trent gives this this little deal about like the lasso way, which, I mean, saying that, I'm assuming that's going to be like the title of the book that he's going to create but he's talking about like the idea of the small changes that you've done across three seasons like that is your lasso like his version of total football but like all of this is kind of weird to me because this just seems so out of character for trent him being so like energetic here at the end and yeah like i don't know what was going on here my my thought is he drank some some spiked tea so i don't know if he got it from the bus driver from beard but he seems he seems different, and I don't know what led to this. Yeah, outside of I guess the symphony of a goal. Trent's always cool, calm, and collected. So mm-hmm. I think this was just, I guess, us thinking that Detective Trent, the Sherlock Holmes in him, has been <laughs> trying to figure out what four is, and Ted mm-hmm. won't tell anyone, and so it's driven him to some sort of madness, and now he's just trying to make connections to make connections. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way he describes all this, like the way Ted plays it is like, Ted's like, I mean, I guess like, it's almost like Ted didn't realize he was orchestrating these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Trent's giving him more credit than, uh, is due here. So, mm-hmm. and this of course ends with Ted saying, what a dork, but he's our dork, <laughs> which yeah. I do agree with you though. This was a little bit frazzled. Trent was a weird Trent that I was unprepared for. Yeah, just kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. But I don't know, like with them constantly losing, um, the idea of them ultimately winning the Premier League with the handful of losses that they've been dealt, I feel like is getting like kind of slimmer and slimmer. But my assumption would be maybe starting as early as next episode, we'll see them go on maybe a time jump and in a run of wins if they really want to try to get back to the top of the table in assuming that they're going to, I still don't think they're going to win it all, but have a chance to win it all. Yeah, once again... I. Winning isn't everything, and so mm-hmm. I find it strange if that is the ultimate goal of the of the season. Um, I think it's a TV show, and they're going to. I don't like. I said, whoa, I don't think they're whoa, going to win. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa! We're throwing out weird accusations like this is a TV show, and you, you're gonna you're gonna say something like that with unfounded evidence. Go on, Tom, cast your dispersions. What do you, what do you have to say that this is a TV show? <laughs> Well, I think they want to keep the general audience that watches and enjoys like sports movies, sports shows, wants to see their team succeed and do well. But we talked about many a time. We don't think that's going to be the message of this series. It's not about winning or losing. It's about being better people. So but but I think the the show doesn't want to just have them be middle of the table. That wouldn't be as entertaining to watch um, or obviously get relegated again. That wouldn't be good either. Showing the team be successful using the quote unquote lasso way to get to the top of the table towards it, I think is a much more satisfying conclusion for the show. 
Okay. I think the satisfaction is going to come in terms of the characters, where they land at the end of the season, and how mm-hmm. they've grown and become better people and who they end up with. And then there's going to be the scene where, you know, they don't win at all, but they do fine. And then it's going to cut. And in a black running suit is Will the Kitman, who's now the manager of, I don't know, insert evilest premier team. And now <laughs> Nate is running AFC Richmond, and he's got to go fight Will. And Lasso is, I don't know, making barbecue sauce in Kansas. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we get some quick cuts of the dates that are happening. So we have a lovely date with Nate and Jade. They both look great. Um, really appreciate everyone's fashion at that date. Uh, <laughs> and then Jack and Keeley are at Taste of Athens. It feels like they, they flip locations, right? It's like Nate and Jade are out on a patio restaurant, which mm-hmm. looks very similar to where Jack and Keeley were before. Yeah, Jack and Keeley want some divine baklava. It's the diviniest, they say. <laughs> so they went to the right place. The, the family of Athens really knows how to whip up some baklava face masks anyways Mm -hmm. (laughs) sam and his dad are driving and he's like you want to see the restaurant yes i want to see the restaurant that's a pretty sure word for word how that conversation goes Um, (laughs) and we arrive here and the team un like announced in order to surprise sam they didn't know he was going to arrive are cleaning it up and i was surprised at how touching i i found this moment yeah, I mean, again, like all of this very heavy-handed stuff in the storyline with Sam, I, I love the way they concluded it here with the team just showing them him the love and realized like, hey, we thought like what would help Sam in this situation and us being here and, and helping you out and fixing all this. And I love that like every player had like their, their deal to help, like bummer catches in the background fixing the tube lighting. Uh, Isaac's brother or something had a glass guy that didn't give him a discount because he's a jerk. Like all those little <laughs> bits right. were were fun and, and great. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's fun to see this team coming together. And clearly all of these guys are better people because of having Ted in their lives. Sure, sure. I agree. Once again, surprised at how touched I was by this. Mm-hmm. Um, see me meets Sam's dad. And I think she's like, oh, hi, poo-poo head's dad. I don't know. She's she's always so mean to Sam. I thought this was telling in terms of the way Sam's dad, Ola, kind of presents this. and says, like, hey, Samuel's told me so much about you, which is the exact line he delivers to Rebecca. So, like, the idea that maybe some of, like, the the affection that Sam had for Rebecca and told his father about, he's also said the same thing to Simi. So the father also kind of coming in and realizing that Sam probably, you know, has a has a thing for her. What are the chances that this is just how he greets everyone? He's like, oh, <laughs> uh, Sam's told me so much about you. Like, that's something we say to people. And inevitably, you like say it and you're like, oh, please don't ask me a follow up about what I was told about you because I honestly don't remember. So maybe it's just the dad being <laughs> nice and creating conversation. Who knows? It's possible. He didn't say it to Ted, though. And I would imagine Sam has said plenty about Ted to his father. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Did you know the... Were we supposed to know the restaurant was named after his father? Or was this a surprise that the show has been keeping from us? Why was I surprised by this? 
we had talked about it, I think, last pod or the pod before where they kind of showed Sam and opening up his restaurant and naming it after his father. So, yeah, we, we as an audience should have, I think, known about this at this point. But okay, I like the way you they did as an it audience where... should have, but I cannot be held accountable <laughs> for remembering things. That's not how well, this I mean, works. I did, I did tell you on this podcast. We can go back to the tape. This Now I podcast? actually might go to the tape and cut it and then insert it right here. Actually, I'm going to insert it right here. Sam bought a restaurant and is opening a Nigerian restaurant, correct? Yes, which I think is kind of named after his father, Ola's. Okay, yep. I don't believe you're going to take the time, (laughs) so I'm going to go with the fact that we had no idea. I found this moment also touching where he sees that, uh, and I think it's funny that Sam didn't tell him. That's a fun little, like, father-son bit that happens. Yeah. Well, and it's when the light gets fixed, right? Like, Bumper Catch fixes, uh, fixes the light, turns it on, and then that's where he sees it. It's it's touching, and it's great. Bumper Catch is a great name. Every time you say Bumper Catch, I, uh, <laughs> I get great joy out of it. So, kudos yeah. to whoever the Cumberbatch. It's the Cumberbatch switcheroo. Yeah. I used to have a Cumberbatch kid doll when I was younger. Um <laughs> All right, they get into some cooking and some dancing because Sam's dad is like, I'm going to cook for you guys. And he mm-hmm. goes into the kitchen, and he takes Simi and Sam, and they all have what seems like a, a lovely time, which uh, is something that I've never experienced while cooking. Cooking seems hard. <laughs> There's a lot of math and measurements, and you got to make sure you don't lose a finger. So I'm glad these mm-hmm. people find joy in it, but... Every time I rip the cellophane layer off of a tray of mac and cheese, um, I always fear for my life a little bit. <laughs> this is great, though. It's it's very reminiscent of the Christmas episode they had, right, when the whole team kind of goes and has dinner with Higgins. So, like, all of them kind of coming together, just, you know, nothing to do with soccer. It's just friends being friends and having a great time. It's it's great. And I loved the, the end sequence where it kind of fades to black with Sam and his dad kind of cooking in the kitchen. It's It was lovely. I agree. I agree. I enjoyed this episode. Like you said, wasn't maybe in the top for me, but certainly the show is comfort food. And I found mm-hmm. this episode a lovely batch of Nigerian comfort food. Tom, next week, we're going to gather here, you and I, across a distance of what seems like 4,300 and something miles, just like the parents of Nate Shelley, uh, and talk about next week ep- next week's episode of ted lasso uh and you've got the name of that episode all queued up for us tom what is that episode called the next episode of ted lasso is going to be called fragmented soccer fragmented soccer okay so you don't think total soccer <laughs> is going to work out you think it's going to go horribly wrong <laughs> Yeah, total football's not working, so they're going to the American fragmented soccer. Got it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> They'll tie all those fragments together with red yarn. Yes, they will. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, for those of you that are still with us, we appreciate you. You can send us your questions, comments, keep your concerns uh, at <laughs> at gmail.com. Tom will talk about all the other important stuff right now. Yes, follow us on the social medias, on the Twitters, on the Instagram at Team Binge Podcast or Team Binge. And you can also get some merch if you want to go to Tee Public. That's T-E-E-Public.com. You can get some shirts and some other fun stuff with the Team Binge logo. Uh, and if you have the time and you like what we do, we'd always appreciate you going and leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. 
uh, it's been a fun season. And again, it's a bit sad that we're kind of heading towards the, the back stretch, but uh, I'm excited to see where they, they take and land this plane. Yeah, there's something about a show, like we've made some predictions, but this could go any which way. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe I'm just too dumb to see where they're going. But um, <laughs> I would be interested, once again, if it's the soccer of it all that will be important, if it's like the relationships romantically that will be mm-hmm. the end-all be-all, if they'll touch on all of them. I mean, that could be very satisfying, but I feel like this show sometimes withholds joy in terms of what we as an audience want, and I think that's mm-hmm. okay. I, I think that's what yeah. makes it enjoyable to watch. So, Well, I also think that the idea that this was a three-season arc when they created and developed the show, they knew they wanted to do three seasons, and... Like we, what we've already seen with like Colin's storyline and Sam's and a lot of these other characters, there's through lines throughout season one and what we're getting here. It's not like stuff is just completely out of left field. The idea that they've put all these different like threads throughout is just awesome and fantastic writing and likely a show you can kind of go back to over and over again and catch new things. That's, that's I think, one of the reasons why this show is so fantastic when you have a plan coming in and you're not just flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah, it will be interesting. You know, I've watched season one a couple of times, and you are constantly catching things. I obviously have not watched this season more than the times we watch it for this. So it'll be fun to go back and kind of figure out where those through lines are. I will probably skip season two, but um, (laughs) I've enjoyed season three very much. So uh, thank you for joining us. I've been Julian. And I have been Tom. We'll see you next week, everybody.